uh, you know, they're on a bullhorn. So this guy is on the second floor of this apartment, um, you know, in his apartment. And I just want you to listen to, and I, I can't emphasize, this This is Providence, Rhode Island this morning. The, the unbelievable gunplay. Him firing at the police, the police firing back. I mean, they're saying hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Listen to this gunfire. <laughs> Listen to that. Wow. Wow. You can hear them yelling, put down the rifle and come downstairs. This woman's walking to her car in the driveway. And she heard some commotion, and I'm glad she started filming. It sounds like she's with someone. Listen to this Exchange Again, you're going to hear the police are on like a bullhorn saying, put down the weapon and come out and then listen to the exchange. He yells back. Providence, Rhode Island. That's like the scene out of Heat when they have the huge go out. Now, this is uh, footage I obtained. This is a woman. Uh, she got this on her ring doorbell. She lives um, right across the street. Listen to this. I even have better um, sound of that. Folks, again, this was <coughs> Providence this morning. Let me just pull it up one more time. Wow. Holy cow. And that was, let me just uh, check, folks. And again, good afternoon at 12-12. Let's see. In that one, it's actually daylight. And so daylight these days is 646 in the morning, uh, which means, you know, then it's it's light out right around 630, right around getting around 630, quarter or seven. And it is nice now that the um, it's light out till five, till, basically till five thirty in the afternoon, folks. On this very balmy Thursday, fifty two degrees. <clears throat> but let me play this again. This is really um, just incredible footage. I don't remember the last time. And credit to the Providence police were involved. Another guy ended up killing himself, uh, or he was killed in it. One killed Providence standoff. Hundreds of rounds fired. Person is dead. Early morning standoff in Providence. Hundreds of rounds at a suspect. Um, Perry said, 40 years, I've never seen anything like it. And I wasn't there. Folks, it's killing me that I wasn't there. Police received a call around 2.30. Scott McLean. See, this makes sense because I, I was awake around 3, 3.30. And I have something that notifies, I won't say how, but I have something that notifies me. <clears throat> and I was trying to debate. It's still a little sketchy at that point. And, you know, sometimes then they just end up surrendering. You know, now I have to live with it, folks. What was my first instinct? What, but again, it was, I, I don't remember, I think it was like 3 or 3.30. 
one to get, get up in the middle of the night to have to use the <clears throat> facilities, as most men do. But anyhow, so they get a call around 2.30, 61 years old. He was assaulting his son and daughter, multifamily home on Denison Street. It's off of Commodore for Branch Avenue. Upon arrival, police were able to get everyone on the side of the house. He barricaded himself in. They surrounded the home, trying to get him to surrender. He's known to have mental health issues. Really? What makes you say that? We didn't know what he was going to do. That's an understatement. <clears throat> he then fired at officers, prompting police to return fire. When shots rang out, officers evacuated the surrounding homes to get everyone to safety. Back of the house. Then he sets the house on fire. But then the firefighters were able to put it out. His cause of death remains unclear. Holy cow. And then Alorza, we got to get these guns off the street. Do I even want to play the sound of, we got to get more activities for these kids. Yeah, the guy's 61 years old, Jorge. Jorge, a lot gap. <clears throat> wow. Here's, uh, here's Alorza earlier. Uh, there's a uh, there's a person deceased, um, and um, our police department has been in touch with the family. Um, but most importantly, today, you know, it's really a testament to the men and women in the police department, yes, the fire department, yep. the state police, yep. all of them working together as a team. <coughs> War zone. Uh, it's a it's a minor miracle that um, uh, no one on uh, on our police side or the no. side. No, uh, that's that's good training. There are a lot of rounds exchanged. Um, a little bit of luck involved, but a lot of training. no luck. Um, Notice he he, he will not give them full, full credit. Uniform. It's a minor miracle. No one was no no good training. Extremely thankful. Got for some luck. The, um, no. The police department. Did. Boy, he will never just give an outright compliment. It, it is really remarkable. He will just never give an outright compliment of um of you know what went down. What are, you, what are you talking about? You know, a little bit of luck. Minor miracle. One of our incompetent police did not, in fact, you know, kill somebody. Let me play. This is again. This is uh, listen to them talking to him on the bullhorn. Yeah. This is Providence this morning, six thirty. Ready? Providence, Rhode Island. Wow. I mean, wow. Talk about firepower. Woo! Alorza, a little bit of luck. Mine America. No, no, no. Wrong. Why can't you ever just give a blank? I mean, look at that. He can never just give a compliment. I'll, I'll have more on that later. We got, a, we got lucky. One of these incompetent cops that always want to kill someone. Uh, this time, you know, they're lucky they didn't kill one of each other. Oh, my God. Just amazing. Now, I'm also seeing apparently this. By the way, there's a reporter on the scene that's saying, I think that let me play this. Can we can we please stop using the word rock star? Can we please stop using the word rock star? I, I, I can't. Dr. Scott's a rock star. A reporter that's going there on the scene is a rock star. Can, can, can we please stop using that term rock star? Crying out loud. If anything, she, you know, all right, she was there. She was assigned to be there. But she's she's actually talking over what's going on. But I, I want to just play. She says it sounds, it could be gunfire. 
Oh, yeah? Could be gunfire? Let me just play this. Um, if anything, stop talking so we can hear the, the bullets flying. Uh, Denison Street. Where was the... Um, here it is. This is Hope News reporter Kate Walsh. We are on Branch Avenue, and police have now been using fire trucks and other emergency vehicles to push us back and block off more. You can hear shots fired still. This has been going on for over five minutes now. The concern around 2.30 this morning was that a man was barricaded inside a home after assaulting a family member. Police believe that he had ammunition in his home. He is described as a 60-year-old man who had some issues recently. Police were concerned of this very scenario here. So they've kept the public out. They evacuated the area. Neighbors, you can hear it sounds like shots fired, and that's been going on for a Sounds like shots fired. We are staying at a distance But it is a very active and dangerous scene here right now. Branch Avenue is blocked off here. Stop talking so we can hear the gunplay. Sounds like gunfire. Sounds like gunfire. No, not fireworks at 6.30 this morning. Again, I admit, you're just jealous you weren't there. Exactly. I am jealous I wasn't there. Ah. You know, when the weather warms up, you know, I also want to point out, someone made a very good point about this individual that, um, let me just uh, find, you know, this blows out of the water. I was going to get to the the part about Governor McGreevy. I can't believe he's giving away that money. All right, Providence police say the Scott McLean was being treated for mental health problems. So how did he amass all these weapons and ammunition? I, I think he had over 10 guns. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. We, you know, we're going to learn more about this Scott McLean, I'm sure as the day goes along, but that woman, holy cow, exchanging gunfire, stand off with police. The city of Providence has never experienced an exchange of gunfire like that before. <clears throat> Many police were wondering, look at all the projectiles. Uh, people were wondering why Juan was not on the scene. Because it was 6.30 in the morning and Juan was still sleeping. Holy cow, look at all the police there. Whew. Looks like a police convention. Or I like that scene in The Fugitive when the guy uh, comes home. Remember the guy with the arm who actually did kill the Dr. Kimball's wife and says, what is this, a trench coat convention? <laughs> Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show at 12.21... On this Thursday is brought to you by Propane Plus. Call Propane Plus today, heating and cooling. Now, listen, I would like you, I'm inquiring if you would make Propane Plus your propane provider. Call them in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. It's Propane Plus. Uh, three generations, 24-7, online billing, schedule your service delivery. Customers receive a free safety inspection, automatic delivery customers. Folks, it's it's Propane Plus. They are just terrific. Support them, and especially online at propaneplus.com. Um, especially for many uh, businesses, especially restaurants now, they're using propane for both uh, heating outside or lamps. Call Propane Plus today, serving both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, visit the website, depetro.com. We're going to have a lot more on this uh, just gun battle that took place in Providence earlier. And a woman was killed last night, late at night. So now we'll be on guard tonight 
You know, who know? I, I mean, I always then have to, they call you, you know, we put a lid on it. Looks like things are quiet for the night. And then, um, uh, you you know, suddenly last night there was a, um, a, a woman was killed, I think, shortly after, sometime after 11 o'clock. I think I have that. And then I, I freely admit I was actually asleep last night. Um, and then woman shot and killed in Providence. That's right. Where, where was that? Harold Street, just after 11. Uh, victim not been identified. Woman in her early 50s, which is unusual, which is very unusual. This is the city's second homicide. Now, that other person, though, we don't know whether or not they have, in fact, um, been killed. Let's see. Eagle, illegal possessions with the guy in Dennis, the domestic violence. Right. Illegal possession with the guy because he's a domestic violence guy. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. Um, we'll, we'll get answers. I'm sure we're going to get more answers on that. Folks, remember, if you want to send me an email, visit the website to Petro.com. So, woman killed on Harold Street. Again, you know, sometimes I'm up late. Last night I was not. And then look at this. Ugh. And folks, the worst part about it is now I have to live with it. Now I have to go the whole blanking day. Ugh. Wishing I was there. My goodness. I'll tell you, I wouldn't have been talking over the gunfire. Uh, possible gunfire. Possible gunfire. <clears throat> Let me just pull up, just so I know. Um, let's see. Harold Street, Providence. Where is that? It figures. Um, it is boom, boom, boom. Right. What's that off? Is that off of, let's see, Regent? Uh, oh, it's right. It's it's off of Valley Street. Excuse me. It's off of Valley Street. Uh, there's Atwell's Harris. So yeah, north north of Oneyville, but south of Chalkstone. Kind of in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, kind of in the Mount Pleasant area, somewhat, I suppose. Uh, right near where the Consulate General of Guatemala is. Hmm, that is unusual, though. Yeah, it's off of Atwell's and then Valley. All right. Folks, hey, again, we'll, we'll um, see how the day plays out. But visit the website, dipetro.com. Right now it's 1224. Good afternoon. It is one. It's the John DePetro Show. Folks, as always, as I say, visit our website, dipetro.com. And one of our great sponsors, I want to highlight, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today for a free quote. They clean and disinfect residential and commercial properties. Call Soul, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration, 401-712-2700. And there's a link on the website, dipetro.com. So, folks, a, um, we're going to talk to Dr. Andrew Boston coming up in just a few moments. Just because of, as, as I explained in the first hour for those that missed it, what Governor McKee basically did yesterday was he, he, he didn't mention that he's giving these state workers $3,000 bonuses. It's going to total $18 million. And then $9 million of it is from our money. It's all our money, right? Because even though the COVID money is our money, but this is really our money. Because this is he's just taking it out of the budget. And it's outrageous. It's complete misuse of power. But what Governor McKee did yesterday, and those of you that caught it, I mean, he was there and questioned him. It, it, it you know... The logical thing to do was back in the fall, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee instituted a statewide school mask mandate. Now, he could then issue a optional 
uh, statewide school mask mandate. But he's not doing that. He's not doing that. On March 4th, not even though Massachusetts, Massachusetts is moving to do it. They're going to unmask the children in the schools um, starting on February 28th. Rhode Island waits till the end of that week, March 4th. But even then, all Governor McKee is going to do is he what they would call he punted it. Right. Just it's the football term. But he he's going to let the local school committees decide whether or not they want to have their children masked in schools. So let's just be very clear about something. He could institute a statewide mask optional policy, but he's not doing that. He did do it when he put statewide mask mandate across the board. So this time he's punting it. What he's also doing, though, on this Thursday, February 10th, is he's giving the unions three weeks. The unions want the mask in place until they can get paid to take them off, meaning the the teachers unions. So what he's really doing is buying them more time because now they're going to start to work all the local school committees, the the teachers unions in Rhode Island. And I recognize right now at 1227 on this Thursday, a lot of people don't realize it, but they they work and kind of operate almost in an extortion uh, like of hostage situation uh, where they you know, it's not that they're against the mass. They just don't want the mass going away without them getting something from it. So what they want to do and what they're willing to do is you can get rid of the mask, but we want more money, which is, of course, it's 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 unethical. Right. It's extortion. Uh, it's completely wrong. But they have a governor that caves in these situations. So he's saying, well, listen, I, I don't want to keep paying you guys. So we'll we'll kick it down to local school committee. Thus, all the local school committees um are going to turn into now, you know, they're going to have to have meetings, votes. They're going to have to deal with all the parents. What I, what is lacking here is a, a consistent form of leadership. You know, if you're Governor Dan McKee, now we could say that it was Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott that pushed him to do the mask mandate in the fall. However, she's no longer in the picture. So he could have said across the state, optional mask mandate but he doesn't want to upset the teachers unions so he's punting it and saying starting march 4th everyone can decide here's the thing about it he easily could have said starting tomorrow school districts can decide starting monday this business that people need plans well we need to give the parents and the teachers plans to put in place what what kind of planning does it take to say hey kids everyone that's wearing this mask now you can take it off. I mean, it's 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 preposterous. And the anti the pe- there are people and they're online. They you see them on social media, I should say. They they don't want the mask to go away. Absolutely not. They have these unrealistic metrics, and their metrics are until it's zero, until it's absolute zero. And 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 that's false because it's never going to zero. So they're very content to just have children mass up. It is a form of power. Now, before we talk to uh, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Boston, folks, I want to remind you about Henry Oil. Get your oil tank filled with our friends at Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. Call Henry Oil today. Remember, lock in cap pricing, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Budget plant service contracts, automatic delivery. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 
521-0200 for Henry Oil. All right, we're going to get uh, Dr. Andrew Boston on the line. And um, and folks, I just want to check the latest. But this, this um, I'm, I'm also waiting to see, I would imagine there's going to be some kind of a um, uh, briefing with the police. But um, we're going to monitor that. I'm sure there's still going through the whole thing. They don't have cause of death yet. Uh, this guy may have taken his own life or he may have uh, been shot and killed by police. But um, while we're waiting on that, I want to get uh, Dr. Andrew Boston on the line just to get his thoughts on Governor McKee. And I, I believe yesterday how folks joining us on the line right now is our friend, Dr. Andrew Boston. Good afternoon, doctor. Hi, John. Doctor, uh, anxious to hear your thoughts. I, I think it's uh, as much as I'm happy for businesses uh, for this weekend. It's Valentine's weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. Governor McKee lifting the indoor mask mandate. I, um, for the life of me, I don't understand where he's lifting that. But children who have been the least impacted by COVID still have to wear masks until March 4th. And on March 4th. All our local school districts then make the decide on mask optional. So anxious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, John, I, 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 share, I share your uh, ambivalence about this. Uh, of course, everyone's happy for businesses. They've, they've suffered during, during this whole uh, pandemic, and they've suffered needlessly, and we can get into that too. But, but, uh, but, but the worst crime is the crime, and this is a crime now, against children. Um, we haven't had a single pediatric death uh, in, in Rhode Island. Um, it's impossible to get these uh, uh, the, the Department of Health, let alone uh, you know individual school districts, to provide simple metrics on on what's important. Uh, I, I, the the number of infections are irrelevant. Uh, the the the, uh, the number of the percent vaccinated is irrelevant, and these are supposedly going to be the new metrics. The only metric that has any validity is in terms of severity of COVID nineteen, which we know overall is a particularly mild disease in children. Um, is, is how many Rhode Island school children in each of these districts uh, by week have been hospitalized for specific COVID respiratory uh, illnesses or the, the very rare syndrome of this multi, multi-system inflammatory syndrome, which sort of has a, a, a questionable relationship to, to COVID, but it's out there uh, and, it, and, it, and it can be a serious syndrome. Um, and, and those are the only legitimate, you know, uh, COVID hospitalizations for, cho- for school children. We're two years plus into this now, John. There's not a s- scrap of data coming out uh, in a granular way. It could all be de-identified. But if we're going to have a metric going forward, you know, it, Omicron is basically, certainly in kids, is behaving like a cold. Are we, are we going to get r- rhinovirus statistics now? Right. I, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So what we need, if we're going to, if we're going to, consider some sort of mitigations going forward uh, or push you know, some sort of public health paradigm that, that relates to COVID, then why can't they be transparent? I, I, I think the reason, John, is that when you, when you pull away you know, the, the screen, like in The Wizard of Oz, you're yep. going to find out, thank goodness, that precious, we know zero kids died from COVID in two years. We're going to find out that there were precious few actual COVID hospitalizations because of some sort of respiratory syndrome or, again, because of this rare multi-system inflammatory syndrome. We're going to find that out, 
and you know they're you know they're not going to like that the public understands that. But but it, you know it doesn't really matter what Rydell likes anymore. It matters how parents can judge what's going on rationally. And without that sort of weekly report, what 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 what, what, did, what did we actually know? We know precious little. And and I, I think parents, you know, in this state are going to have to certainly the ones that are not willing to just behave like sheep are going to have to rise up and say, look, uh, I, I, I know in, 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 a, in a small fraction of children, this can be a serious disease. Tell us what's going on in a way that's meaningful. Tell us how many kids this week went into the hospital because they had a respiratory syndrome. Right. Is it up? Is it down? Is it zero? Yep. They won't answer. They won't, doctor. And doctor, we know, and again, folks, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Boston. Doctor, we know, listen, Hasbro is not filled with children. I mean, would that have COVID that are on respirators with COVID? They they won't even admit that. We you know what's ironic, doctor, is we're fortunate that this that COVID in this variant has not impacted children. So instead of going along with that, you have these wildly progressive left that have these unreasonable metrics that say I think, and here's what some of them yesterday, they should keep the mask on until the ze- the number is zero. Doctor, you know, you tell me, you're, we, we, it will never be zero. We have to learn to live with this. It's much, it, right? It's like the flu. It's like other things. It's That's ludicrous to punish children because of this. Of course it's ludicrous. But again, you know, sometimes the most basic metrics tell you pretty much all you need to know. John, zero deaths in two years of this. Yep. Now, back during back during the, the, the swine flu pandemic in 2009 to 10, you can look up Rhode Island Department of Health's own summary of that year, and you'll find out that three children in this state died from a, from a, from a pneumonia illness, uh, you know, in, in, in one calendar year. You know, so, uh, and across the country, uh, there were over 1,200 deaths. The, the, the average number of deaths, even with the overcounting for COVID over the last two years, um, have, have been uh, on the order of about 300 to 350 to average out to two years, to, to, to 2020, uh, 2021 being worse than, than, than 2020. And, and that's, that's, that's what the overcounting that CDC admits. They, they did a, a, a death certificate review, just death certificates, uh, at the end of, of, uh, of, of 2020. And they found that up to 35% of those, of those that they had, de- that had been designated as COVID deaths really didn't qualify. Oh. So whatever the, the numbers are, they're considerably less than pandemic flu. They're less than bad seasonal flu years. Um, and right now, I mean, we can just wash the slate clean. How are we going to manage going forward? I mean, are they going to be snapback mask mandates on children based on what? Based, based on infection rates, as, as, as I agree with you, which are meaningless, based on vaccination rates? I mean, this is another problem because I, I, the, the, the thing that I'm concerned about is you know, you're already seeing these metrics in place in school districts in Massachusetts where they have to have a certain percentage of the kids vaccinated before they can even entertain the possibility of of, uh, of withdrawing uh, the mask mandate. So it's being used, uh, it, uh, the, the getting the masks off is being used as, as a carrot to get kids heavily vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Now this raises another, another question, John, given the benign nature of this in the vast, vast preponderance of, of kids, the benign nature of COVID itself, um, and what limited data we have on, on the vaccination trials in, in kids. It's, it's really 
it's a very dicey proposition in terms of risk benefit, in terms of the known risk now, for example, of myocarditis in, in, in young boys. Um, and, and what we're basing this on, this whole, this whole drive to mass vaccinate healthy children in the United States is based on a single randomized controlled trial in 5 to 11-year-olds, which involved only 2,300 kids. Basically, at the end of the trial, they prevented about 13 cases, uh, mild, mild cases of COVID, basically sniffle syndrome. There were no hospitalizations, regardless of whether the kids got vaccinated or not. And in the subgroup of kids who had a history of prior infection, again, regardless of vaccination assignment, whether they got active vaccine or placebo, um, there weren't even any, any um, infections in those kids. And on the basis of that sort of flimsy evidence, we're going to mass vaccinate the U.S. population of kids. Other countries in Europe have rejected this whole proposition. Oh. They're not recommending vaccinating healthy children. If there are niche groups of children, particularly, say, with neurodevelopmental disabilities, um, severe you know, forms of immunosuppression, uh, you know, perhaps the vaccine could be considered in them. But, but again, so, so I, I'm getting a little uh, you know, far afield here, but the point is that the masks are being used uh, and, and, and certainly getting rid of the mask mandates or making, you know, making masking voluntary is being used as, as, as a carrot to enforce vaccination. Right. And, and I don't like that either. The only data that I could get my hands on in terms of, uh, you know, the prior infection data that I get each month through, through Representative Chippendale, I was able to look quickly at, at children. And it's the same phenomenon that I saw with the adults. In other words, basically, if the kids have had a history of an infection, and, and particularly with Omicron, um, it, it was rampant in kids, um, their, their, their benefit, uh, any benefit they might you know, be conferred by the vaccine is wiped out. They, they, they get a lot more benefit from a natural infection, oh. which, is, which is really a classical immunology. Right. Um, you, you know, so... Uh, I'm just very concerned, but, but all, again, all I would reiterate for parents is, you know, they're active now. I think they, that, that, that turnout with the whole discussion about extending the executive order was really uplifting to see that people getting involved. But, but now what you want is actually very basic. Each confidentiality, it can be de-identified. Each school district, certainly in conjunction with the Department of Health, can provide weekly metrics uh, and link it to, to meaningful, uh, they're called ICD codes, hospitalization admission codes, which could pick out how many kids from your district in this week, God forbid, were admitted with a respiratory illness or this exceedingly rare multisystem inflammatory syndrome. And, 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 and first of all, we should have it. It should be charted for the whole pandemic. It should be done retroactively. And, and now we should be doing it going forward to have a reasonable evidence-based metric if something's going awry, if things look good or if things are going awry. Uh, and, you know, this should be open and this should be part of, of the process going forward. Otherwise, we're never going to get out of this, John. Hmm. Never going to get out of this. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Boston. And, and Doctor, I, I'm just curious, and you know, what do you make of that the political left, the Democrat Party platform really has become one of masking. And when you, if you listen to, and it's tough to do, but when you listen to some of the progressives, again, on the far left, they, they have this notion of, you know, no, children should be permanently masked in schools. And what do you say to those that say, 
well, it's selfish because if you don't mask them, then they could visit their grandparents and then spread the virus, and then that could kill their grandparents. I, I mean, I, I have to unpack this. First of all, we, you know, since since 2020, there's been a whole host of transmission studies. Yep. Um, you know, from from formal large studies to really interesting case reports where they where they do contact tracing. Kids are the least likely. To, to spread COVID. And, and, it, and that's been known since the beginning, prior to vaccination, after vaccination. Um, it, it's, it's a canard. And, and it really, it really, again, it's, I think it's very harmful to children to sort of label them as, as, uh, as a whole bunch of little typhoid Marys circulating around. I mean, this, this is, it's, it's just, it's just disgusting, quite, mm. quite frankly. And it's untrue that they are there. If, if anything, the direction of spread, uh, even in households, is is from adults to children, not not the other way around. And, huh. and, and the school environment, in particular, has been a, 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 a low transmission environment. You know, Sweden saw this from the very beginning, and of course, they did, they they don't they don't believe in masks in Scandinavia. And even even early during the first wave, which was probably still Sweden's worst wave, schools were open for kids up to age sixteen. Uh, teachers gave gave you know obviously face to face instruction. There was a, there was zero pediatric deaths in Sweden again during the worst wave, the first wave, um, and teachers as a profession had no higher uh, certainly ICU admissions uh, than any other pro- profession in Sweden other than healthcare workers. You, you know, so they weren't at higher risk from all this daily exposure uh, to children in a real world setting in schools. So. This is really pernicious nonsense, John, to, to, to label kids and, and they're going to kill grandma. This, this, this whole, this whole canard. On top of that, now, there's lots of protections for grandma. Uh, you know, the vaccines, at least for a period of time, appear to afford some protection. Right. There's therapeutics available. Yep. Uh, and grandma and grandpa can take care of themselves. Uh, you know, this is, this is, this is awful. Um, so I, I just think I just think that and, and we're not really looking at the downside. You know, I read a very very interesting study uh, this week that was that was published in a um, a um, cognitive psychology journal, uh, and it's pointing out that uh, masking really has a negative impact on facial recognition. This was this was a study done in six to fourteen year olds between the University of Toronto and some Israeli investigators. Yep. Um, and and the, the argument was that. With this decrement in, in facial recognition, it's a standardized test called the Cambridge Face Memory Test. And again, it's a standard sort of uh, psychological uh, instrument uh, for youth that cognitive psychologists use. And what, what they found was that if, if the scores decline in this way, it, it is, it is uh, potentially um, related to decreased socialization both between kids you know, and their peers and kids and their educators. And as, as far as long term, um, it's been noticed that it that it uh, is associated with with social, social maladjustment in, in adults. You know, so this is, this is just you know one snippet uh, of evidence that uh, you know there, there's a, there's a downside uh, uh, to all this. You know, the, the whole lockdown syndrome, uh, as, as it's been well publicized, has been associated with 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 uh, increased suicide in the young, et cetera. You know, unfortunately with <laughs> With the with the lack of emphasis on healthy lifestyle during the pandemic, there's been a growth in the in the already burgeoning problem of obesity in childhood. That's right. Um, it, you know. So, but 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 I think I think the masks. Um, and, and by the way, we know this. Uh, it's interesting. There was there was um, 
during the much more limited SARS-CoV-1 epidemic, in, in primarily in Asia and certainly in Asian populations, there was a study that was published, um, so that was 2003. There was a study that was published by about 2005 or six. It was a small study of Hong Kong um, preschool sh- children. And they noticed that even, a, you know, that was a relatively brief uh, epidemic and, and, and localized. Um, so it, it, they, they did have a masking policy for these uh, preschools uh, for, for a few months. But even in that few month period, let, let alone for, you know, going on 18 months now, um, let, uh, that, that was associated with decreased socialization of, of these preschool kids. Oh. And they noticed it and they published a report about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it sort of fallen by the wayside, but it just sort of gave you. Uh, you know, a a a premonition of, of of what could happen when this was was done on a mass scale and and for so much longer. Sure. So I think th- these are real issues when it when it comes to masking and 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 it's a terrible experiment being done on our kids. It is. Um, no, and, and, it's, and again, it's... we we need we need proper metrics. Look, if there's if there's some serious uptick, or, or let's say a new variant comes then along, we'll which is more that time. We'll adjust it at yeah, that we, time, but not now. But with a real Sorry. metric, John. Yes, we need to understood. know about hospitalizations. Folks, he is Dr. Andrew Boston. Uh, doctor, award-winning work. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again, obviously. Sure. Take All right, folks, Dr. Andrew Boston right here on the John DePietro Show. And again, folks, good afternoon. Here I am. It is 1 at 1247. I just want to be very clear. The, the politics, the dynamic involved with what's going on with these decisions to mask, it is, um, it, it's just so cruel and the the actions of the grown-ups right now or supposed to be the grown-ups the leaders they're, they're not leading but i want to come back to um it, it's really remarkable what happened uh you know last night i was doing one after dark and again everybody good afternoon at twelve forty-seven. you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm this portion of the program if you uh visit our website depetro.com one of our sponsors he's a friend of mine it's Ken Dolgarian, president of Dolgarian Properties, well-known developer in Rhode Island, built strong reputation service over 40 years. Now, on the website, petro.com, there's a link, uh, there's a direct link right to Ken Dolgarian and some of the properties that he has that uh, you can find out about and, uh, and certainly explore and uh, but check it out. It's all on the website. And that is, in fact, petro.com. But I want to, last night in doing One After Dark, I said, you know, it's getting warmer out. And every time it gets warmer, people just start, you know, the crime rate goes up and people start going nuts. So apparently last night in Providence, after 11 o'clock, in, uh, off of uh, Atwell's Avenue, up kind of near Truckstone, actually, south of Truckstone, this uh, 50 year, 51-year-old woman apparently was shot and killed by her boyfriend, and he's on the loose. There's a be on the lookout bolo for him, be on, um, be on the lookout for that individual. And then sometime after 2.30, this guy barricaded himself at his apartment off of Branch Avenue. And listen, this is a woman, I want to give credit, Boston Globe caught up with her. This woman, this was at uh, 6.30 this morning. This woman lives in the area, was leaving her house to go to work. So she's in her driveway. She hears a commotion. She hears police talking to someone through a bullhorn. And I want you to listen to, this is what she heard. This was in Providence this morning. Here we go. 
like a, a range. I feel like I'm at the range. I feel like I need to visit competition shooting supplies and see our friend John Francis. Wow, it's not your imagination. That is, um, they're saying that is the highest amount of firepower ever used. That was a complete shootout. And as I played earlier, Mayor Law said, oh, you know, it's, uh, we're lucky. We got that. He never compliments uh, the police. It's like, we got lucky. It's a minor miracle. No one was killed. He won't. All right, let's hear it again. Listen to this, folks. Listen to this. This is Providence, 630 this morning. Ready? Holy cow. My goodness. And again, Mayor Laws, oh, you know, we got lucky on that one. Oh, it's a minor miracle. What? It's never, you know, this isn't going to be permitted. Our law enforcement did everything they were supposed to. This is where the training comes in. No, we got lucky on that one. Oh, boy. You know, with our incompetent Keystone cops, boy, we really got, we dodged a bullet on this one because we know how the police can be. So we really, you know, talk about, you know, like the people, they don't know how to give a compliment. God, he is, the, he, this guy cannot leave soon enough as the mayor. He's, he's in office until, he's in office until, uh, you know, the new year, until 2023. But Mayor Lorza, I mean, it, it's just, he absolutely cannot give a compliment. Here we go. Here, um, now there is a, uh, there is a person deceased. Um, and um, our police department has been in touch with the family. Um, but most importantly today, you know, it's really a testament to the men and women in the police department, okay. the fire department, the state police, all of them working together as a team. Um, it's, a, it's a minor miracle that um, no one on, uh, on our police side or the fire side uh, was, uh, was hit today. There are a lot of rounds exchanged. Um, a little bit of luck involved, but no. a lot of training. No. Um, you know, it's a testament to the skill of our men and women in, in uniform. You know, notice his first thing is, you know, life was, listen, he, he could, you know how many people he could have killed? This nut that was firing at everybody? He can never just say, hey, you know, law and order. I, I mean, hopefully someone did take him out. Hopefully that's how he met his demise. <clears throat> Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Senadale Revival. I have a feeling I'm going to be there this weekend. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. There's a link on the website, DePietro.com. It's the Senadale Revival. Uh, let's see. Major LePayton confirms a woman in her early 50s was found shot to death inside an apartment on Harold Street. Please have a suspect they're searching for. I'll be putting out a description soon. No further details. So, you know, this continues. But, you know, this is also, as I have told you that a lot of the violence from Providence is is spiraling out. Right now, it is. It's, it is in Providence. But what we need is more uh, proactive law enforcement. And that is something that the defund the police, the Black Lives Matter, the progressive groups that they have fought against, right, that they have fought against. What you need is 
proactive policing, proactive policing. Everything can't be police only show up once they have a victim. Uh, You need that's reactionary policing. Proactive is when you have people undercover, when you're working a lot with informants, when you're trying to stop crimes before they happen, when you're stopping people and doing, you know, search and seizures on the street, when you're doing stop and frisk. That's those are elements. Those are elements of proactive policing because of and since the death of George Floyd, tragically, so many of our police departments now nationwide because of Black Lives Matter, because of progressive Democrat mayors like Mayor Jorge Elodia and some of the others, everything's just reactionary. They don't do anything until somebody's shot and killed. Then they show up. And then they're supposed to figure out who committed the crime. Prior to the past few years, especially in New York City, when under uh, New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who was a good mayor, where they had a lot of success, was when the fact where they were doing proactive policing, right? And that is, you have police, they see a known gang member, they know that that is someone prone to carry a weapon. They have heard that there is some kind of a beef going on. They see the person on the street and they stop them frisk. And many times they take away the weapon. A problem is, are you are you going to sometimes stop the wrong person? Yes, you are. Are you going to sometimes you're going to stop them and then they don't have, you know, a weapon on it. That is going to happen. But by and large, it, it, it works. And this business of profiling, it's, it's who they're profiling. I thought Attorney Tim Dodd, folks, in case you missed our first hour with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, I, I thought he was excellent on the situation in Minneapolis. So, you know, all these people that talk about, you know, police went in and they shot and killed the guy and he was sleeping. You know, you know obviously, it would seemingly be a tragic accident and, and a tragedy, I should say. I don't know about an accident, but... You, you're, you're at the home of an apartment that is known to be inhabited by a criminal. And there's criminal wrongdoing. And there had been a murder. And police learn that there's someone home in the apartment where the person lived. And then, you know, it's his cousin. You go there and you're laying on the couch or in a bed and you have a gun at your side. And then you're starting to reach for the gun as the police are coming in. You know, no one says... Gee, maybe it wasn't a good decision to go stay with your cousin who is a suspect in a murder, who's a known criminal, who's had a lot of run-ins with the law, and is known to have firearms. Maybe, Maybe you're putting yourself in harm's way. You know, they never talk about that. Um, you know, many times there are sometimes, um, a woman that she dates a drug dealer and then she's with the drug dealer and then something goes sideways and they're like, look at this, this poor girl. How did this happen? And and no one says, you know, maybe it wasn't a wasn't a good idea for her to be dating someone who's a known drug dealer, dating someone who is a known gang member. Uh, maybe it wasn't a good idea for her to be riding around with someone who is known or is a suspect in several murders. 
because then there could be a rival gang or then police pull him over and he's got a gun on him. You know, there's never any accountability in that way. Now, folks, next hour is radio only. We have a lot more sound to get through. The inflation, it's not your imagination. The, the inflation is just brutal right now. Do you know the Wall Street Journal is a story? Whether you realize it or not, inflation is probably causing everyone an additional $250 a month. Think of that. And what's Governor McKee doing? He's giving out, he's trying to buy the votes of union members. It's absolutely despicable. I can't believe the nerve on uh, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And uh, to take your money, to take our money out of the Rhode Island budget, millions, I'm going to give this to state employees because I'm trying to buy their votes for the Democrat primary in September. It is absolutely disgraceful. And he can dodge and weave. And, you know, he you know, one thing I'll say about the governor and and I, I also don't like. You know, I take the time to go to his briefing yesterday. You don't get a follow-up question. I don't feel you get the full answer. Uh, But it is absolutely unacceptable. He has no right to do that. This is ludicrous retention bonuses. Anytime there's a a posting for a state job, boom, it gets more applications than anything. Oh, yeah, so many of the state workers want to leave. So insulting. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. A lot more on the gang. I mean, it was basically war zone, Providence, a lot more ahead. You can listen at the website, petro.com. Folks, stay tuned. Another full hour ahead after the 1 o'clock news.